schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon. RJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 106 and FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hope you are enjoying your Wednesday, halfway through the week, for one year kickoff time here on 106 and FM, 1390 AM, and 106andthefan.com, streaming. However, and wherever you are joining us, we appreciate you for doing so. Um, got some good news today from the NBA uh, as, they, as they continue to shoot uh, for a uh, resume to play basketball July 31st in Orlando, Florida. And uh, working on a calendar uh, in regards to the playoffs with uh, a 22-team format, which can make things really interesting. A 22-team format. Baseball still in an absolute mess as they can't figure things out due to financial um, bugaboos, if you want to call it that. Just issues of, uh, just I mean, can we? As players, they want to get paid. As a league, they don't have the money to pay the players what they want. A hundred-game schedule proposal from the MLB wasn't going to work. A fifty-game schedule isn't going to work. So, what do you do? How do you fix this issue? And from a baseball fan standpoint, in fact, if you're a baseball fan, I'd uh, love to hear from you at four three five three three nine zero three two one. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. That's how you can text in if you want to call in. It's four three five seven five two one zero six nine. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, do you really want to see baseball at this point, or are you just like, hey, we're so deep into the? I mean, not deep into the summer, I should say, but we're just. I mean, we're getting to the. What we're four five weeks away from All Star break. Five weeks away from All Star break. Does baseball even matter? I mean, do we even care at this point? I think that that uh, that becomes a question. So we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, I've got some other stories hanging around uh, on the uh, sports thread, and we'll, and, we'll, and we'll talk about those. Um, that can be a good look. Are we on air, Eric? Please say we're on, dude. There, have my microphone. Well, I just want to make sure you're ready to go, because my gosh, you know, I know you... Out there, you know. Well, the, the sign wasn't on outside. Usually when our mics are on, the sign says, on air, don't come in here, basically. It doesn't matter if people still come in, whether it's on or not. <laughs> it really doesn't true. matter at this point. And somebody come in yesterday when I'm in here alone talking to you. Shut up. Like, Shut trying to give up. me something. I'm like, I'm on the air. I'm talking right with Ajay right now. I remember doing a, <laughs> a bees game with uh, Tony Parks, and we were having some technical issues. <laughs> and someone comes like, oh, Tony. And you can hear him over the Tony, I've got a great joke for you. And Tony's like, not freaking now. He's like, come on. Pick. And I'm kind of editing and filtering out what he said. But it's like, pick a time, man. Come on. We're trying to get on air for a baseball game. Just He was so upset. It was it was funny just to hear him go off. Um, so, yeah. Time and place, everybody, to, to interrupt on-air hosts. <laughs> yeah. uh, Eric, uh, uh, by the way, what is your uh, partner in crime doing here today? Yeah, I mean, am I getting? Re- I mean, if I'm going to replace, fine, but just give me like a week notice, a two week notice. Actually. Well, you know, since you didn't come in yesterday, I thought maybe that was your notice. Oh, sweet! So I'm free, <laughs> huh? The listeners are free. They are free from having to hear from me. They are absolutely <laughs> thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Now, did you eventually find your way home last night, or did you just like have to hunker down for the night over in Bear Lake? So, so in fact, we were told the canyon was going to open up at eight because I was getting texts from you too. So I was texting you and then another individual, and they're like, yeah, I should open up. I'm like, okay, cool. So like 8 o'clock, we drive up, and the cop's still sitting there. And I'm dumb enough to be like, oh, why are the cops there? Maybe, and he has some cones around it, too, around his truck, but he's covering up the right lane. So I go right around it. And the cop gets out of his truck, and I'm like, ah, oh, shoot. And I step, put it in park, and he goes, and I thought he said, how are you doing? And I was like, good. And he goes, no, I said, what are you doing? Like, Going home? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, yeah? How are you going to do that? And I was like, oh, the candy's still closed. And he goes, what do you think I'm doing here? And I was like, and I just wanted to shoot back and be snarky because I just wasn't in the freaking mood yesterday. But I didn't. I said, I apologize. And he's like, you need to turn around. And I'm like, well, no crap, Sherlock. 
<laughs> so I turned around, went back down the hill, got, went through Montpelier, I got home about 11, and went back to Bear Lake at about 8 this morning, and then I'm here now, so it's, uh, I am running low on fumes, to say the least right now. I'm very low on fumes, but we're good. Uh, what in the heck was that conversation in the cubicle today? What? You, what do we want conversation? I'm sitting there what talking, talking about? to uh, Shania, and you come over. Oh, hey, LJ. Hey, Eric. I had a dream about you. Oh, yes, that. Your, your daughter's like, what the fetch? And I was like, uh, Eric, time and place. Time and place. We we tell these stories on air, not off air. <laughs> it was a really weird dream. I gotta hear this. You were crying. Okay, why was you I were crying? crying. It's like you were at a, a mailbox. You were standing with like your hands on a mailbox. I I don't know if you were like zip tied to it or handcuffed or just tied down. I don't know. <laughs> but you were like in place and you were crying. Like somebody strapped you down there and you were stuck. And you were crying. I felt bad. I'm like, who did this? What's going on here? Some guys thought they were playing a prank on you. I'm like, no, that's not cool. I was and then I, that's I was all scared. I remember from the dream. Then I don't remember if I came and saved you or if I joined in oh, the revelry. So here, let me finish off your dream. You didn't <laughs> save me. You <laughs> said, how come you didn't tie him with tighter uh, little zip ties? No. Let me help you. And then you put a postage stamp on my head with an address. <laughs> I'm no. pretty sure that's how your dream finished up. No, it was really weird. Yeah, that I is remember weird. feeling really bad, and I remember calling him out. I just, I mean, I don't know what's more weird. The dream of the fact that we're, like, in the middle of this, like, lobby area, and you're like, I had a dream about you. That's great, Eric. <laughs> and you were uh, crying. Let's have a private conversation. <laughs> and you're like, you're crying. <laughs> Can we have that conversation in a private time, Eric? Like, maybe on air. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you and I here in the room. <laughs> Hey, Eric, uh, let's get to some uh, sports news. Let's get to some sporting. Um, it looks like the NBA has had a proposed date for Game 7, if there is a Game 7 of the NBA Finals for October 12th. Uh, isn't that nuts? It, it's an NBA model that of, a, of a 22-team format for the season's proposed resumption, which will begin July 31st in Orlando, um, With and it's the last possible date for a game, Finals Game 7, again, on October 12th. It, that is crazy to me so here's my first question does that push back how i guess how far does it push back next season you think oh wow well that's a great question i mean normally your your nba regular season is done by mid-june early to mid-june and then you have your draft and then you have free agency and you don't have your you maybe have your summer leagues, but really your veteran camp, that's what, three, four weeks before the regular season starts? Yeah. And the regular season usually starts around Halloween, first yeah. part of November. Yep. Yep, usually the last week of October, first week of November. So with the draft, the lottery. So it's usually four or five months of an off season. Yeah. There's no way you can do a four or five month off season, even if you're going to start in December. So do you really, I mean, does it become realistic? That the NBA season starts on Christmas Day? Probably. I think that's what they're going to try to shoot for. But honestly, I, that just seems silly to me. To be playing games still into the middle of October. Shorten the first round to a best of five. Maybe even the, the second round in best of five. Do your conference finals and your NBA finals as a best of seven. Just get the games done. Because it's... If, I just don't get that. Uh, it looks like they're moving more and more towards a uh, 22-team resumption of play. But who those teams are, what that resumption of play looks like, those 16 teams, in fact, I think we've got some audio from Adrian Wojnarowski. Since we don't do any show prep anymore, we do it while we're doing the show. <laughs> we so. do do show prep. We just do it away from each other. <laughs> or when we're actually here. Yeah, right. So in our cut sheet there, uh, I think th there's a couple different comments. There's one from Adrian Wojnarowski and one from Brian Windhorst. But if I'm not mistaken, the one from Woj talks about this 22-team resumption of play and 
Look he, at me. I had it loaded up for you. And he seems to indicate which teams might make it and which teams might not. They have zeroed in on a 22-team format. Likely the 16 teams that are in the playoff, uh, you know, one through eight in both conferences right now, and then six more teams, likely five in the Western Conference, one in the East, Washington. And still the details of what that's going to look like is going to be presented to the owners, what the structure and format is. It, if you're the Charlotte Hornets, you're just you're a game and a half behind Washington. Why do you get left out? But at the same time, you, you got to have a cutoff somewhere. Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, and even Phoenix all have more wins than Washington. Uh, here's Brian Winhorst on uh, what this free turn format could do financially for the NBA. If they wipe out the whole rest of the regular season and advance to the playoffs, it would cost them 259 games of game checks. And, the, and their salaries that are getting docked 25% until November would get docked 40%. By putting in a 22-team tournament, and how they come up with 22 teams, again, they just built a box and put it in to get 88 games. They're going to be able to potentially knock that down to only 10% give back. And that matters now, and it's going to matter, like I said, when they do that next deal that he's got to push through. With that, if I may add one more thing, uh, here's uh, here's Woj again on sorry uh, that small market teams they want to participate in the short sorry all term they want to go play the longer term the idea of your season ending in March and not starting again uh, playing another NBA game until likely late December that big of a gap really worries organizations, especially those rebuilding with young players who they can't have around their facilities. Is it just me or am I the only one who thinks that I've never thought of Atlanta as a small market team? Oh, I have. Atlanta's a big city. It's a big metro. Market-wise, they don't produce what Orlando does. They don't produce what Dallas does. They don't produce what, heck, what even Chicago does. Well, Chicago's major market. They're top, they're the number three, yeah, number two size they, market in America. They don't produce that kind of revenue. Now, I have a friend who tells me. In fact, you know, let me ask you this: it, it's kind, it almost seems like I'm sidestepping this conversation, but I'm not because there's a link to it. But how much does? Or does China at all have a grip on if the NBA starts or not? China? Yeah. I, I know. I know. You're giving me the look and the tone of voice. Like, what <laughs> in the name are you doing? Man? Just, did I hear you right? Yeah. 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 Because it's been said, and there are articles that state, that China has a grip on the NBA and they'll tell them when and if they can start. Like, hey, when things get approved, right? You know, all that. That, hey, we want the NBA back. Because it's a financial success for us in China, for whatever reason, sales and such. Okay. Do you think Adam Silver is the mouthpiece for China? Okay, so I I hear the question. I've seen it posed. I think in our texts before. Oh, okay. If China was running the NBA, Daryl Morey would not have a job today. That's all you need to know. If China truly was running the NBA, Daryl Morey would not have a job to this day. It's been a big financial hit, but then why and it's still a problem. China the, doesn't want the NBA right now. They're not showing NBA games. They weren't showing them before the coronavirus. They're not going to this summer. They're still miffed over a little tweet from Daryl Morey. Then about why a year did ago. LeBron James backpedal from his comments that he had made? The face of the league backpedaled. So, I, I, again, yeah, but, I asked because I wonder if... In February of this year, Adam Silver talked about how it was, the, it was a big economic hit that the NBA was still undergoing by, uh, by way of what happened in China last summer. 
and the deals that got canceled, they weren't showing their games uh, for this past season. So, no. I can say with full confidence, I do not believe that China is running the NBA. Okay. There's a big financial incentive for the NBA to be in China. But that from the events of this last year, no. Come on. By the way, I looked it up. Atlanta is the number 10 media market in America. You that mean, is not a small market. Number 10. Number 10. Wait, in, in what? Don't tell me they're a no, small market No, 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 wait, wait, wait. wait. In, in, what mar- in what kind of market you said? Media market. So wait, what does that define as? Uh, that's a that's a designated area where there's commerce and television and communications that happen within that hub of an area. We have a broadcast station. How many people does it reach? But that's not NBA market. That's media market. What? There's nothing else in Georgia. What do you mean there's nothing else? For the NBA. Sure. But the NBA market value of the Atlanta Hawks cannot but be big. That's on but that's on them. So wait, okay, well in that case, Denver is number 17. Just get pers- for some pers- uh <laughs> can't speak. Perspective. Salt Lake City is number 30. Wow. Really? Huh. San Antonio's 31. Immediate. It's all Salt Lake's fault. Oklahoma City is 45. See, those, in my mind, those are small market teams. Don't don't get on some little soapbox all of a sudden and tell me that Detroit and Atlanta are small market teams. Detroit's a small market team. They're not small market teams. Those are just young teams that want to be able to still play games to develop their young talent. It's not about being Wait, what market what? you're in. No, hold on, hold on. Okay, Atlanta, I can maybe jump on the same train as you. Detroit, nuh-uh. Detroit is not a a, a, mid, a large market. Okay, okay, what number? Because what, he, here's where would you put them? Where, where would you put them above Salt Lake City? Below Salt Lake City? Oh, below Salt Lake City. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind. Number fourteen. See that? Okay. They are the number fourteen media market in the okay, country. Okay, but again, that's media market. That represents a total size of audience, a pool of people they can draw from. For NBA basketball. Yes. Uh, There's nothing else in the area. Yeah, uh, huh? Detroit Lions? I'm talking Detroit about Tigers? NBA. I'm talking yeah, okay, about okay, it's fractured by two teams. If I'm looking at New York, it's divided by, by two, two teams. teams. Okay. But here's the thing is I think there is a difference between media market and NBA market, and I think NBA market is more correct value of what teams are big and what teams aren't. NBA market is included in in revenue. Uh, primetime games, all that kind of stuff. So, for example, uh, I mean, I, LA is a big market team. Duh, duh, you know, Clippers and Lakers. Uh, I would even put Portland in there. I'd put the Mavericks in there. I'd put the Rockets in there. I'd put the Magic in there. Portland is number twenty-two, but I get it. I get what you're saying, though. Like in Portland. There aren't a lot of other things going on, so the 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 Portland Trailblazers are elevated in their in the dialogue and the conversation and the sponsorships. Whereas opposed to Atlanta, yes, there may not be any other NBA teams in the any near vicinity, but there's a lot of saturation for a lot of other sports, and I think that's where you're coming from. That there's other things that are going on that may compete for those. Sponsorship dollars. I know I'm saying the value of the franchise itself from an NBA standpoint. So, for example, again, uh, attendance, revenue, um, sales from outside of the state, if you want to go that route, anything linked to the NBA. Well, how much of that is is on the team ownership and how they handle their business and how they draft and how they compete? Like revenue and ticket stuff? It's... I mean, if you're drafting, what? I, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I still feel like ticket revenue and 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 you know 
jerseys bought and all that kind of stuff is what makes you a um, a mid, small, or a large market team. Not the media. With all due respect to uh, our jobs. Well, I, I'm not saying it from a media perspective how much, you know, talk radio guys may talk about it. I'm, I'm talking, but when I talk about a media market, how many potential people, are, what is the population of that area? When you look at a media market, it's, if you put a, TV station on the air, a radio station on the air. What is how far does that signal reach? How many people live underneath that signal umbrella? So would we? Okay, I okay, I get you there. So okay, based on I see what you're really saying. it's based on population, as defined by population. So Oklahoma City is a small market; they're ranked 45th. New Orleans is a small market. They're so Utah 50. is a small market. So it's classified as Salt Lake City, but they come in at number thirty. Okay. Huh. So what are the top nine? You gave me number ten. What's the top nine? And New York's number one. Okay. Los Angeles is number two. Chicago's number three. Of course, this. Um, this is according to newsgeneration.com. I've seen Houston ranked up there within three or four because this has actually has Philadelphia number four, Dallas five, Washington, D.C. Metro is number six, and Houston number seven. I believe Houston's higher than that. But then they have San Francisco number eight, Boston number nine. And then Atlanta, Atlanta is your uh, So Boston's your top not higher? Ten. That's crazy. Really? With the meat? Man. See, I see that in the top five. Yeah, it's based on population. <clears throat> but getting back to the original point here, yeah, sorry, these, circle these, of life here. I'm not going to call them small market teams. I refuse to call Detroit and Atlanta small market teams. But according to those teams that are going to be missing out on this 22 game or 22 teams, they're they're kind of upset because they want they have younger guys. They still want to play. And develop, and they haven't had a chance to play them or develop them since mid March. And if the if they're not able to participate in this thing this summer, and the NBA season doesn't start until Christmas, it's like nine months, months off, yeah, of not having opportunities to develop your young core. So well, I get Detroit, Atlanta, Cleveland; those guys would be upset. They'd want to have some way of playing games. But at the same time, you also have players and some administrative people that are also talking to Adam Silver saying, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, Here is Woj on the basketball concern standpoint of this 22-team format and coming back to play. You know, in some of these marketplaces, like in Atlanta or in Detroit, where you want to stay in the consciousness of your market, you got to be able to sell tickets. You've got to be able to sell sponsorships. You know, I think there's business and basketball concerns about disappearing for this long. Ajay, I wonder, when this plan is revealed later this week, if it will have some contingencies, maybe that's the right word, that if certain areas in the country open up to a degree where you can play games in home arenas, will they stop doing this in... Orlando, and then shift. If they're going to still be playing games until October, is there some point in all of this that they may say, we're going to abandon this isolated place in Orlando, and we're going to go back to our home arenas for these to, to resume the playoffs? Could that be possible? Yeah, that's a good point. Or do they say, you know what? we got to be committed to this. We're sticking with this. It's going to keep it equal. Now, see, that's what I could see. I could see them saying... Look, we're not going to just switch hands in the middle of a deck. We can't. Like we, where we're at is where we're at. And we're sticking to it. But I think it would be beneficial, and I think it would be more intriguing, especially for the seeds themselves, if they were to move them to, I, would you call it, I guess a home site for the playoff? Right? Is that what you're saying? For the yeah. Playoffs? What if it's not in the first round? But what if things open up to a degree around the country that, hey, second round conference finals. Things are okay now. We can play games in our home arenas, and maybe we can even allow some fans to be in the stands. 
Yeah, I still think they would have to stick with you know what they with their guns of, of what they're doing. Of we have to if we said this is the plan, this is where we're gonna play. This is where we come into play, and, and we're gonna do it all the way through, regardless of how things. And might there'd change. probably be a financial contract of some sort from NBA to Florida, you know, saying, "Hey, this is what you're gonna do. Uh, you know, we're gonna pay you one way or another. Whoever's paying who, there's got to be some kind of a contract there." Yeah, you're probably right to say this is what's gonna happen. We're playing all our games here. Um, my my question: Have we we haven't heard though yet if it's a seven 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 all the way through, right? We for playoffs. It has to be if they're going to be playing games until October. It has to be a commitment to a best of seven series all the way through. And I just that just doesn't make sense. Crazy, to me. huh? Yeah, that just doesn't make sense because it's going to it's going to throw off next season. Well, and next season's already thrown off though. It, it is, but. You have an opportunity to not be as bad. Do you... If they went to a best of fives for the first couple of rounds and just stuck to best of sevens for the conference championships and the NBA championships, you could sh- you could shave off a couple of weeks. Hmm. It could be done by the end of September. I just think it gives them a little more time for guys to recover, to do free agency, to do mini camps to figure out your draft, to figure out your young guys, the teams that didn't get to participate, do they get some kind of a summer league? Uh, see, that's another great question from you. Do we have a summer league or a fall league or just some kind of a time for these guys to prep? And then what does your preseason look like? Or do you just say, you know, we're going to start regular season games on October or I mean, December 25th, and we're going to shorten the season by X amount of games to make sure that we catch up to June of next year? So we're back on track. I think you have to have preseason games. Just that's that's your way to work in some of your new guys, your younger guys, to see who's going to be able to make it, who's going to be on your roster, who you're going to send down to the G League. I I, I don't know. It's all very strange. We're obviously going to get more details on Thursday. I believe is when it's supposed to be ratified. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what I've read as well. Thursday, they should have a decision on exactly what the plan is going to be. Uh, now, according to Woj, that the NBA has been advancing on a plan that would include regular season and play-in and playoff games for 16 teams currently holding playoff positions and six more teams within the six games of the eighth seed in each conference. Right, so that would be... so, But they still split the conferences in the playoffs, right? Yes. Is, okay. So it's Washington and Washington, Orlando, and Brooklyn basically fighting for... Who gets to go to the playoffs? Brooklyn's currently seven, Orlando eight, Washington just on the outside. And then in the West, you've got really the fight will be between Memphis, who's currently eighth, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Phoenix. Okay. So the the fight in the West will be really intriguing and interesting. And then let's not forget the position. Well, doesn't really matter. Home court doesn't matter. Say, but potential playoff matchups do, but the the three through six is also in flux with the standings. Two and a half games separate Denver, Utah, Oklahoma City, and Houston. So, playoff positioning: who makes it, who doesn't. There's still a lot that could be determined with just a couple of games that they play before they get into the playoffs. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, we'll get you to more sporting news, including MLB baseball. They're on an absolute uh, collision for a huge explosion that could even affect next season. We're not just talking about this season. We're talking about next season as well. Where do they go from here? What is the solution, or is there a solution at this point? If you want to join into the show, you can by texting in at 435-339-0321 or call in at 435-752-1069. It's Eric Franson, the guy who had a dream about Ajay Salves, and 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Ajay Salves here on The Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You know what's funny is uh, well, okay, this isn't funny. Well, it kind of is. So, <laughs> okay, I'm I'm in the canyon. We're stuck right in traffic, 
And some guy's like, hey, aren't you, like, on a radio show? I'm like, yeah, I'm on the full court press. Dude, that starts in, like, 40 minutes. How are you going to get there? Oh, what do you think, bro? Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting in traffic. Teleport. I ain't going to make it. He's like, so, like, does he just do it on his own? I, I don't know. Maybe. And then as I sat there, I thought about it. I feel bad. Like, I hadn't even called you or texted you or nothing. So then I spin my car around, head back the other way, get out of the canyon, call you. Uh, not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, my, my boss uh, from Bear Lake, he, he, uh, he saw me today and he goes, uh, he goes, so... You didn't do your show at the studio, huh? Nope. He, he must have been listening in. <laughs> like, did you get stuck in traffic? Yes. Yes, I got stuck. I mean, I, just, I forgot to explain it to everybody today. It was just <laughs> annoying. Uh, hey, uh, Eric. Some things you just can't plan for. Amen. I like being tied to a mailbox. Uh, Eric, <laughs> uh, we, as messy as as sports has been, I feel like the MLB is a volcano awaiting to erupt from MLB versus players because of one presidential flashcard in the middle that they're all fighting for. Is it, I mean, this is incredulous. It, what it, This really surprises me. The NHL was able to figure something out. The NBA was able to figure something out. What's interesting about both of those leagues is that they were in pretty regular communication with their players and their, and their unions about how do we move forward? How do we salvage what we still need to finish? Major League Baseball has been completely opposite. They've entrenched on their respective sides saying, we're going to come up with our proposal. We're going to air it out in the media. And then we're going to come out with, you're going to come out with your proposal. You're going to air it out in the media. And there's this gap has been widening in Major League Baseball for some time. Now, they haven't had a real labor dispute for... 20 years, 25 years. So they've been getting along pretty well, but we have seen an undercurrent of frustration in Major League Baseball the last couple of seasons regarding contracts and how late teams sign free agents and how that affects the free agent market and how much guys are getting paid. We see the headlines with the big contracts signed by Bryce Harper and Mike Trout but the vast majority of guys are not really seeing any increases at all. In fact, there's some degree of, of attrition that's happening. And so there's been some underlying frustrations going on, and all of a sudden, this is just, like you said, it exploded, and the, the owners are saying, look, we'll resume play if we play 82 games. The players come back and say, well, if it's based on games played, Let's do 114 games because that, in their mind, thinking it's more games played, more opportunities for the owners to make money. Then the owners counter and say, well, if we can't have fans in the stands, it's just going to cost us more money. So we have to pay you more. We have to pay you to play more games. It doesn't make sense. So how about we do 50 games? So instead of coming to a, a, an agreement somewhere in the middle, owners like took a few steps back even further. So it's been really messy, but both sides have kind of presented something and they're presenting their cases. And we heard this yesterday that this is an important week for Major League Baseball. They've got to get this figured out. There's still a chance for Major League Baseball to be the first league, no disrespect to NASCAR, but the first league to really get going. And they could do that by the 4th of July, which, man, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, how about that? But they've got to come together. They gotta to, for the good of the game, the squabbling over the, the the millionaires and the billionaires are squabbling over millions of dollars. And look, let's just figure out a way to get this season figured out. And then in the off season, figure out the new collective bargaining agreement. Now, Jeff Passan yesterday, you reported this, Eric, uh, that uh it yeah, at the point in time where they're unable to reach a, a return to play agreement. The MLB had discussed playing a shorter schedule in which it would pay members of the MLB Players Association their full prorated salaries, uh, but with a with a minor cut. Now, the MLB didn't intend to propose this to the players. The possibility of implementing a schedule, according to Passan, uh, was a schedule of around 50 games that would start in July and uh, was considered by the league as a last resort in the event that the parties can't come to a deal. Then, today, Cubs owner Tom uh, Rickett 
just blew the roof off the door, car, whatever. Blew the roof off the door. It's been a long two days and I haven't got a lot of sleep. Leave me alone. Blew the ivy off the walls. There you go. You like that? There you go. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, he said that the perception of that baseball teams are cash cows, meaning that they take all the revenue for themselves. Is in just he calls it incredulously wrong. He says that they're mostly the revenue itself is put right back into the team, saying, "Quote: Here's something that I hope baseball fans understand. Most baseball owners don't take the money out of their team." They raise all the revenue they can from tickets and media rights, and they take out their expenses, and they give all the money left to their GM to spend. End quote. You know a player's going to come out and say that's absolutely baloney. Yeah, it's not entirely true. I mean, they're, the, the Cubs themselves have done a lot of debt financing to uh, do some facility upgrades to purchase properties around the stadium. Uh, so there are other things that they're that are going on. Granted, that's all related to the fact about trying to provide an experience and provide ticket sales to raise revenue, to be able to offer bigger contracts to its players. Because there's no salary cap in Major League Baseball. So let's start here uh, from Jeff Passan again of ESPN. Uh, this is the MLB sticking points of players and proposals. It is a 114-game proposal by the Major League Baseball Players Association. Season would start on June 30th, end on October 31st. I think the most important point here, though, is not the size of the season, which is up for negotiation, but a caveat that they put in there about if there is no postseason this year, then they are willing to defer $100 million in salary for players making $10 million or more in the season. And I think that's an interesting caveat because there's they're recognizing, look, there could be a second wave. There could be something that causes issues, that stirs things up again in the fall that may prevent us from playing. And so they're saying, look, we're willing. Any, any player that's earning $10 million or more will defer some of that because that, that could be a big hit. On, on teams to still be committed to having to pay those salaries. So there are some things that both sides are conceding. They just got to still figure it out. They're close. They just got to get together on this. So what's the likelihood of that proposal leading to a compromise? MLB is going to reject this proposal. It's just an inevitability like it was inevitable that the players rejected MLB's proposal on Tuesday that included the pretty drastic pay cuts for players up and down. Uh, But the issue is going to be on the owner side. Now, there is a group of owners. It's a small group at this point, but there's a group that has been fairly vocal about there not being a 2020 season and what the benefits would be to that. And the question is, is this proposal going to give them more ammunition, perhaps, going forward and being able to bring some others onto their side? Or are they going to see this from the players as an olive branch saying, hey, let's find somewhere to meet in the middle? So that's a great point. I, I feel like the owners kind of have the leverage here because they could say, you know what, forget it. Let's not have a season. The MLB saying, you know what, we're, we're done with this. We're done fighting with you guys. We're going to just cancel the season. We're already in June. We're about to hit that. We're about to hit July with no chance of playing in June, and most likely, the way things are going, probably not even in July because you still need that four-week training or whatever it is. I mean, you're looking at August at this point. You just say, "Ax it." We'll come back next March and be ready to go. Hopefully, depending if we can get our crap together on both sides. Do you? Is that a realistic possibility in your mind that we do not have baseball even though we're in June? Yes, I think it is. And I think it will be really sad and unfortunate because it'll be over uh, squabbling over over money. Um, and I get it. That's got to be a big part of the game. It's a business. People need to get paid. But if you're getting paid $5 million and normally you should earn seven, I'm sorry. I don't have a lot of sympathy. Um <laughs> Try to if you have an opportunity to still play the game of baseball, Eric. I gotta apologize to you a lot. I've been playing your clips from yesterday. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> roll your eyes. Like, some of these sound a little familiar, but 
<laughs> but not a lot has totally changed, but there are some updated details that are kind of similar to some of the stuff that we heard yesterday. The players have been stubborn. The owners have been stubborn. Everybody's been stubborn here. So this is the thing I think that ultimately will get them moving. Now, will it get them moving in the right direction? That is what remains to be seen. Well, that wasn't really breaking news there, Jeff, but thanks, buddy. <laughs> no crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just that hopefully now that both sides have kind of laid out where they're at and both sides seem to be kind of detailing some of their concerns, then they can maybe come together. But if they're going to still try to play this out in the media, it's not going to get done. Yeah. We're not going to have a Major League Baseball season, and it won't have anything to do with the current state of coronavirus. Here is Doug Glanville on the MLB, just the importance of getting him on the field now. You have to look at the, the bigger win down the road uh, once you get past 2020 and look towards 21. And they both need to kind of get in that vision that they'll have another opportunity to get at this next season, next year. It's really important for multiple reasons why they need to get on the field now. Is it really that important? Yeah, I, I think it is. But I mean, I guess, I mean, in, the last time there was a total shutdown of Major League Baseball, it took it years. Years to come back. And it was only through, which now looking back on it, uh, an era that had a you know, questionable era about it as it is with the steroids, with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Their home run race thrust baseball back into America's consciousness. And it wasn't until then that it really took off. But here's something to be concerned about, Ajay. If, and I get where the players would be really concerned about a 50-game season. What if, because based on how salaries are put together, what if in that season you go through a, a hitting slump and in only 50 games you average below 200? What if you average 150? What if you normally average 250, 285? What if somebody gets hot? And through 50 games, their average is 400. Suddenly, do they get some crazy deal? Because, man, look at that batting average. Over 162 games, it pretty well evens itself out, the type of player you really are. But we know players can get hot. Players can get cold. If it's only 50 games, it's going to look abnormal one way or the other. And that could really affect... You know what your potential salary is, or your arbitration and free agency could look like in the following year. So I, I get the concern by players of playing too few games. I also understand the owners saying if we're going to play a lot of games, but we can't have fans in the stands, it's more expensive for us to play these games than to not play these games. So there, there's got to be a middle ground. And to me, the the 82 game season is enough of a season. It's still opportunities to play games for sponsorships, for TV, for radio. Is it enough and revenue, And maybe even though? holding out hope that at some point you can allow some degree of fans to come into your arena for concessions and ticket sales. Is 82 games enough for revenue? If you don't have, I mean, and remember, like... I mean, not totally, but it's something. How much do you think of percentage-wise does it count with fans in the stands? How much is that? Is that ninety percent revenue? No, I think they said it was almost fifty percent. Okay, but it's still a big chunk. All right, well, we're gonna take a break. I mean, eighty-two games—that's almost half a season. Yeah, that's that's true. So it's better than something. And again, but eighty-two games. And so, wait, are we still saying eighty-two games mid-July? Maybe late. Actually, no, it'd be late July. You could start as early as July fourth. They get this deal figured out. This week, they could start at the end of June, early July. And still throw in extra double headers, which the players have said they would agree to do. And that's fine. They've done it before. And you could finish the, the season on a regular, on a, on a somewhat regular schedule. Uh, all right. Hey, by the way, I got a text from uh, 0549. Breaking news. ESPN, Disney, Nike, and NBA announced, uh, announced trust us, we will be playing that on, in the happiest place in the world with Mickey and Minnie cheering them on. <laughs> Nobody cares because everybody wants bugs, man. Bugs is the baller. Uh, hey, speaking of baseball, real quickly, uh, high school baseball has been taking place uh, in summer ball. They've got some legion ball going on. Um, yeah, I heard lacrosse 
picked yeah. up. They had a little tournament over the weekend. So, and then Legion's got, uh, I guess this Valley's got like the Logan Grizzlies are hosting this Legion tournament of some sort. Uh, I don't know if it's just at their field solely, but uh, to see baseball just back in the Valley is really I mean, like Northern Utah League baseball or high school baseball has been pretty cool to see. The fact that we have baseball just in the Valley, um, it's... Uh, went for it, a bike ride last night. Uh, my wife and one of my boys went by. There's a, a baseball complex not far from where we live. Okay. Cruise past there. Cars everywhere. <laughs> Games going on. Lights are on. It's like, okay. Uh, I, don't know if everybody, I don't know if everybody's doing the social distancing or wearing masks, but it's fun to have baseball back, back again. Yeah, it is good. By the way... Green Canyon yesterday over Skyview, twenty three to three. Oh, Green Canyon beat Mountain Crest fifteen to four and stomped Logan too. Holy cow! So a team that was just like a a, a starting Lee or a starting school two years ago, three years ago, two years ago, it's all blur. Is now I mean with one of the best coaches probably in the region, uh, in, in Ryan Eborn. Now has got a team. And I know it's just summer ball, but it's it, it's a big say uh, when that guy's got his team rolling the way he does. Uh, for Green Canyon. So, again, summer ball's uh, starting, which is nice to be able to see some baseball out on the fields, uh, especially on good summer nights. Hey, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, really next. interesting comments from Herm Edwards. Uh, he's now the head football coach at Arizona State. Really interesting perspective uh, that uh, he's going to share with us. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. Eric France and LJ Salison, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, 106onthefan.com. We are out of breaks. We're running out of time. Five minutes left here in the show. Thanks for joining us, however you are and wherever you are doing so from. Hey, a lot of coaches have been speaking out about the George Floyd situation, the protest. Uh, um, I saw your, uh, I saw a really cool tweet from you. Um, uh, what was it called? Blackout Tuesday. As yeah. Part of it. I thought that was pretty cool what you put out. Uh, but Herm Edwards of Arizona State, he also came out and talked. Yeah, it, there's been some great, great thoughts that have been shared. Uh, very personal, very emotional, raw stuff from from players, coaches, administrators, people who've been personally affected. Uh, but what I appreciate the most is and I don't mean to say one is, is better than another, but but what I really appreciate is those that share perspective, but also. Uh, uh, you know, some thoughts and, and maybe hope for the future and how to move forward through all of this rather than just you know sharing raw emotions, but also maybe there's something we can do. Let's, let's harness this uh, for, for positive change. And Herm, El- Herm Edwards uh, talked a little bit about that uh, earlier today, the head coach, head football coach of the Arizona State uh, Sun Devils. Some of the texts I get from them, they say, coach, you know, what should we do? And I said, hey, look, you just got to look at it uh, from the perspective of you guys get to change this country. You know, you have an opportunity to do this for your kids. Because here's the thing about, you know, protesting and progress. It doesn't happen overnight. It really doesn't. It's, it's going to benefit their kids. And that's what you got to look at. It's, it's not going to happen. They're going to turn lights with y'all. So we're going to change all this stuff. No, it's going to take time for it to change. But I think because of the emotion we have right now as a, as a country, people are starting to have this conversation. And you've got to have this conversation, to be quite honest, at the supper table with your kids, if you have young kids, and tell them this is not right. America's better than this. Guys, this is unbelievable to watch. I mean, we've got the National Guard. We got, I mean, this is, this is crazy. This is like some third-world country. This is America. We're, we're way better than this. Eric? Uh, I, I love that um, the way he's responding to his players, um, and it, we're, I've heard this from several other coaches over the last few days, is that the convert, these are people who have opportunities to you know, be leaders that are looked to by maybe not necessarily the community at large, but certainly by their teams. And to hear the, what they're sharing with them, what they're hearing from their, their players, uh, and what they're sharing back with them, these are inspiring people, and um, I, I really appreciate what Herm Edwards had to say. Is that look, this is this may not affect what's going on today. I mean, its effect may not be immediate, but you have a chance to make a difference for the future. 
Uh, and I appreciate that. And I think that's absolutely correct and true. Um, and I, I thought that uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he was on uh, Dan Patrick earlier today, and he had some great comments about that as well. So I think that's that's got to be the message. Well, we may not, some of us have experienced these things personally. We can at least try to understand and then try to make things different in the future. Yeah, that's the thing is that you can always you can always find a way to have a solution by doing your part. And, and I think the first part is understanding, putting yourself in their shoes, right? Uh, if we can do that on both sides and I'm on both sides of the bridge. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, it's it's where they stand and where they stand. And um, I'm not really making sense here, but if you can if you can just fit yourself into their shoes. I think we'll have a better understanding of where people stand in their life and what the problems are, what the challenges are on their end, and how we can be a part of the solution. Well, I think that's what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was talking about earlier this morning, is that people need to just have, we need to have more empathy, recognize people as human beings, yeah. not as you know objects or anyone that's inferior. Um, I think if we can look at each other as human beings going through this life, trying to make sense of it, for ourselves and for our families, um, that can make a big difference. And it's possible. It, it is definitely possible yeah. to, to make it happen. It's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of patience. It's going to take a ton of communication, the proper communication, voicing out your your displeasure or your concerns in a peaceful and a respectful way. Um, easier said than done right now when there's as many protests as there is and the violence that has been just you know invaded the protest in itself, which is really unfortunate. But it's definitely possible. Right. It's okay to protest the, the violence, the looting. That's not okay. Because it takes away. It, it just shifts the message and the attention away from the real message and the real thing that should be discussed. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. If you're a smart baseball fan, you probably have ignored all the headlines about the battles between the union and the league. They're arguing over money as they try to put together some sort of season. Now, the differences in the last two proposals have to make you laugh. The players want 114 games. The owners reportedly want about 50. That's a big difference. If they do go closer to 50, get ready for the debate about the legitimacy of the season. The NBA has already played about 65 out of 82 games, and some people say that's not enough. Imagine 50 out of 162. Of course, they could settle somewhere in the middle, say around 82. I just want to watch baseball, and I know they're trying their hardest to make it safe, but numbers sometimes mean a little more in baseball. We like to look at stats and evaluate guys. That will be tough to do with just 50 games. Although, I think even skeptical baseball fans can agree, any number of games is better than zero. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.